this this business paper that you guys were talking about? Yeah, so I'm working on a 10-page research paper right now. I got nine pages done. It's currently 9.08 p.m. Things due at 11.59. And tonight, yeah. Tonight? Yeah. So I got one page left to do. <laughs> the kid's doing dude, a podcast. Oh, yeah, I got to run a pod, dude. Are you kidding me? Give myself a nice break. Um, but yeah, dude, like this, so the J term is like this, it's this January term. A lot of colleges are doing this. So a lot of college kids will probably understand this, but basically it's a regular course load. Usually courses are three months long and you're squeezing this thing into a month. So as of next Tuesday, I will have written three, 10 page papers and two, seven page papers and done in red five books and watch two movies all within a month yeah we'll, we'll make sure uh you get that finished tonight by 11 59 all right colin <laughs> um dylan dylan what have you been up to just long days at the rink same old same old. yeah workout yeah. skate goalie skate this morning um so it was a solid uh 13 hours at the rink and then just submitting liu stuff i got into the pre-med dean scholar program at liu so let's go baby that'll be starting in the fall look at this kid into the honors college valedictorian of the edge school in canada yep yep so i had a zoom meeting with uh the dean that was last week just to kind of like see what this is all about i get put in like a special group of like all these so it's all these bio majors obviously bio major that are specializing in pre-med and we all get put in this little cohort and we take all the same classes and and whatnot so it's just a nerdy group of kids (laughs) oh you're such a nerd oh my god (laughs) i know so so yeah i had a meeting with the dean and then i just had to fill some paperwork out for that tonight and send some emails off but of course you know how it is the one night i have to actually use my email my email doesn't work so yeah, project that go. should have taken five minutes took an hour classic. Yeah, classic. Colin, i see you over there down in uh bang <laughs> always bang yeah, you always, two are the always. only people that consume caffeine at nine o'clock at night oh dude i know I, I gotta stop that that's bad um but yeah so quick update the app is finally almost done finally <laughs> i everything's everything's been submitted to apple that was like five or six days ago. So it's got to be any day now, hopefully that they get back to me and approve um, the underdog app Let's go. on the app store. And that's going to be huge. I cannot wait. Cannot wait. Um, pre-orders. They are coming in quick. Everything, all the products that were uh, in production, they are on my, on the way to me. And then I'm going to ship those all out. So we're excited about that. The affiliate program is growing every day. Dylan, mm-hmm. You're in there. You see it, a ton of people, a lot of active users. So um, that's another good thing. Oh yeah, Colin, I gotta get you in there, dude. I keep for, I keep forgetting. Yeah, we're gonna make that happen. Um, but anyway, so today another underdog story. We're doing Dustin Poirier. How do you how do you pronounce it? Is it Poirier? Or so Poirier? it's it's French. It's Poirier. Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier. Poirier from Lafayette, Louisiana. Dustin yep. Poirier. Poirier. Dustin Poirier. <laughs> um. I mean, this guy is an underdog. Like I was reading, I was reading the story. And if you look back 15 years, like when he was in high school, um, if it was even 15 years ago, cause he dropped out in ninth grade. Um, but anyways, he was, he was nothing but like a troubled kid. Uh, he'd skip classes. There was this one story I was telling Dylan earlier, um, as early as kindergarten, he was in kindergarten, right? This kid 
leaves class, walks a few blocks to a store in the center of town, calls 911 just to say that he doesn't want to go to class. <laughs> this is what a this is like a five, six-year-old kid. Yeah, and here he is today. He's beating Conor McGregor. He's like on the biggest stage. Um, it's insane. But Colin, I know you're a big MMA yep. guy, so you want to start us off here and give us a little background? Yeah, um, yeah, I can do that. Um, so Dustin is, is from Lafayette, Louisiana. Um, he's a UFC vet. He's got uh, his UFC fights. They're in the double digits. I mean, he's been at the top of the division forever. Um, and he trains at American Top Team down in Coconut Creek, Florida with Mike Brown and those guys. So he's got a really, really good camp. Uh, and that's a ton of hardworking guys. I mean, they have some of the best guys in the business. Uh, Jorge Mazadal trains there. Colby Covington used to be there too. So they have a little feud. So they might be getting in, into something. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, Dustin uh, went to Northside High School. Um, he's uh, Cajun heritage. I said before, Acadian French. And yeah, man, dropped out of, out, of, out of high school freshman year, was getting into street fights. And uh, he knew this is what he wanted to do. He knew this is what he wanted to do. And He's always been at the top of the, of the lightweight division, but no one's really given him that full respect, um, you know, as an underdog. Like, he's just been one of these guys. He worked his way from the bottom, and there's a lot of guys that come into the UFC or come into any major promotion, and they're, they're highly hyped, and people are like, oh, this guy's going to be a stud. And Dustin wasn't really one of those guys when he first came in. He had some tough losses on his record. Obviously, the first Connor fight, Connor knocked him out, and I think it was mm-hmm. like a minute 46 or something like that. And so he, yeah, he's yeah, dealt with yeah. a lot of adversity. Um, but he's really grown. He, he's a family man now. He's got a great wife. He's got a, a great daughter and uh, started a Good Fight Foundation as well, which is a great foundation. They were donating thousands of meals in uh, Lafayette, Louisiana during the pandemic. So, yeah, dude, he's, he's done even more than that. I was I was reading stuff like he donated donated back to like his school that he was at the school that he dropped <laughs> out of. How ironic is that? He gives back to the school that he was just a right. punk at. I guess it's 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 a good thing to do, uh, especially considering the things he was doing then. But um, yeah, I mean, fighting just changed his life. Like, you know, you look back and he started boxing when he was 18. And before that, his parents were putting him in like military style boot camps. Um, he ended up, he was in juvie and, and like nothing changed him except for when he started fighting, like legitimately. Um, obviously he was in street fights since he was young, but um, but yeah, so that's it's crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I mean, one thing that I really like about Dustin is he has two great phrases that I really like. And, um, he said these for, for most of his fights. Um, and my favorite one is he talks about 25 minutes to make life fair. Cause when he's in a five round main event, it's 25 minutes. And when he's in there, anyone can be counting them out. Anyone can be saying this guy's going to get starched. You know, this kid's got losses and, he goes in, he, he went into that octagon, especially last Saturday. You know, a lot of people were betting against him last Saturday. And I, I, you guys know me, I'm as big, I'm the biggest Conor McGregor fan in the fucking world. I am the biggest Conor McGregor fan in the world. That's my brother. That's my family until I die. And so this is hard to talk about. But let me tell you, when Dustin Poirier went in, had a great game plan and executed under pressure, that was really, really, really special to watch. And, and that's something that any underdog can do in any situation. And, and, and so anyone listening to this podcast, all three of us, all of us can, can, can learn a lesson from that. And so if there's someone that's going to beat Connor, let it beat Dustin. He's a great kid. He's a great guy. Um, and so, yeah, I just had to say that. Yeah. And honestly, like, I can only imagine being the challenger in a fight like that against Connor McGregor. Like, the spotlight's on you, right? Like, he he's at the top of the well, fight game. I mean, especially – I. 
Sorry to interrupt you, Joey, but they said, uh, I was listening, Dana Dana White even said that this fight had more pay-per-view streams or pay-per-view downloads than um, McGregor and Khabib, which is like crazy. Like to think about this was the most stream. I don't know what you would call it, not streamed, but most downloaded pay-per-view fight, which is, which is nuts. I mean, Connor, Connor really took off, especially in the, in the bank account. He took off when he fought Floyd. That was big. Yes. Like obviously that was a that I don't I don't know how I feel about that still like the the, the inner combat stuff like boxers fighting MMA guys I don't know how I feel about that but anyways like he just took took off after that so going back to my point um what do you guys think was going through Dustin's head like fighting him again especially considering he already lost to him once um I mean there's got to be some kind of there's got to be something in your head where you're like you know shit. Maybe, maybe I'm going to lose again. I've already lost to this guy. You know what I mean? And especially like all the hype that comes with Conor McGregor, it, it, it's, that's got to be so hard, right. right? To follow through on your game plan and, and do everything properly to, to get the win. Joe, I, think, I, um, I think Joey, but one thing to real quick, Dylan, I, I think one thing it, it, with this, especially is that when he lost too, he got knocked out. And so when he was in that fight on the face off with yeah. Conor, there's no doubt that th- there were flashbacks about the first time he got knocked out in that fight. And so I think in this fight, what he did a really, really good job of better than the first fight was he didn't fight with his emotions. He listened to his game plan. He listened to his coaches and at American top team, he's got some of the best coaches in the world. He's working with, like I said, he's working with Matt Brown. He's working with Tiago Alves. And I think when he was in there, he wasn't focused. He did a good, nice job of not focusing on his emotions, but he just focused on his combos, his game plan, his footwork and that low calf kick he was landing. He landed mm-hmm. it once, and you could hear Tiago Alves in the corner go, that was a good one. That was a good one. And Connor even said after the fight, he goes, you fucking bastard. He goes, that was a damn good one because he kept landing that thing, and that messed with Connor's, and that messed up Connor's lead leg, which changed the whole fight. So I just wanted to quickly and say that. was that. Oh, yeah, no, the whole you. part of his game plan. Yeah, that was the whole part of his game plan. He said we want to take advantage of Connor's wide stance, and I'm sure everyone's noticed. Like, he does. He has a huge stance. His feet are super far apart, and – Dustin totally took advantage of that. And he said that from the start, he was going to like, that was a, a weak point or a breaking point for Connor. And, and he needed to jump on that. And I think you're right, Colin. And that's what makes those guys great. Like he went in with a plan. Yeah. I'm sure he probably had thoughts of the fight, whatever that was six years ago now. Um, but he was out there to prove himself and he did. He's a huge hometown guy. Um, his wife, he's been, he was dating her since he was in high school. Yeah met her in high school and he lives in Louisiana now, right? He's, he's been there his whole life. Um, like I said, he's donated a few, few times, uh, back to his school. He also started some Louisiana or no, he partnered with some Louisiana style hot sauce yeah. company. It's yeah. like, he's just so, yeah, I was reading something about that. It's just, it's crazy. And I think it's because he's just so grateful for the path that was, that was made that he made for himself really but he just, he probably looks back to where he came from. I mean, he was, I was reading some article from an interview. Um, this is a quote from him. It was, I used to fight in rodeo arenas. I warmed up in horse stalls and walked through dirt to get to the cage. We had trustees from the local prisons setting up the tables and chairs and cage side seats in their stripes or in their orange jumpers. Are you kidding me? <laughs> On the mud, you know, it's yeah. like, what? <laughs> absolutely insane and and to think that somebody who started there can end up to the spot where he is today 
anything's possible. That's a perfect example right mm-hmm. there. Perfect. It's, example. it's really special. Yeah. That's what makes fighting. I think the greatest sport in the world is it's the most pure form of combat. And these guys all come from nothing and you can come from nothing and be a fighter. I mean, a lot of these guys, they literally, they come from these third world countries and they had nothing and they come over here and fighting is obviously, it's a game of grit and it's also a game of respect. And when two fighters respect each other, that's something that's really special too. And we saw that mutual respect. Connor obviously donating $500,000 to the good fight foundation was awesome. Um, Yeah. That's awesome. Right. That is so big and sportsmanship wise. Like that's, that's just, I wanted to say to too, see. that's, what's crazy is like their ability to almost flip that switch from like that killer mindset. Like they are, they're, they're trying to beat the shit out of the other guy. And then as soon as that ref calls it off, it's a total change. And you saw that with McGregor and um, cowboy and Donald Cerrone, like Cerrone, um, as soon as he knocked him out, I mean, he's over there hugging him, telling how much he loves him, like hugging his grandma, how much respect he has for him. And it was the same thing in this fight as well. They did the same thing. Like they said how much respect they have for each other and we'll do this again. Like it is it like this sportsmanship between them is, is crazy considering, you know, they're trying to rip each other's heads off. Yeah, that's so huge. And, and I think a big part of that is going back to what we were saying. It's kind of a branch off point that they all came from nothing. They all know where they all were a long time ago. And you're not seeing silver spooned MMA fighters, right? Like there, there's no MMA fighter who grew up in Beverly Hills. It's just, you, you don't see it, you know, it's because it's a, it's a mindset and to get through the training and to, and to take a beating like that over and over again, you got to have something deep down that fire inside um, you from when yeah. you were raised. And, and yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm amazed a different beast. Totally. I think just the, the way too, he came back after the loss to Khabib. Um, I think shows a lot about his resiliency and about his mental toughness. Um, he, if, for those of you who don't know, uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov was the UFC lightweight champion for a while. Uh, he recently retired. Um, and he, fought Dustin in Abu Dhabi um, back in September of 2019 and he lost that fight and he was heartbroken after that fight and one clip that really stood out to me that I saw after the fight was they had some kids come into the cage and be able to talk to the fighters after the fight and one kid was in there right after and he looked at Dustin and he said because he Dustin got choked out he choked him out and he looked at him he says what's hurt what hurts what hurts and he points to his neck and he goes does this hurt and Dustin looks at the kid and he goes no he goes he goes, this hurts. And he points at his heart and he points mm-hmm. at his heart. And that just gave me goosebumps because Dustin, like I said, 25 minutes to make life fair. And he had those 25 minutes against Khabib to, to have a chance to be the UFC lightweight champion. And any fighter that grows up, the ultimate goal, that one thing that's at the bottom of their mind, that's at the bottom of their heart when they're training and there's nothing left and you need to find a way to do what you need to do. It's, it's the vision of having that belt wrapped around your waist, being that champion. And he was that close. He was that freaking close, and he didn't get there. And he could have easily quit. He could have easily hung it up. He's in his mid or early 30s now. He's 32. He's made great money. He's got a great family. And I think that that championship drive for him to say, you know what, I'm not going to let this I'm not gonna let this break me. I'm going to come back, and I'm going to be the champion one day. That's something that's really special. And, and, he, and he did yeah. that, and he's – He's working his way to it now. I mean, we'll see. I, I hope Connor gets the trilogy and knocks him out, honestly. But I mean, I still, <laughs> I still love Dustin. But um. Colin, I, I know all the words that are coming out of your mouth. Like they're just. They're-
the screen and behind that Colin Cunningham, just Connor McGregor, just absolutely all over the place. Um, <laughs> Connor under dog stories uh, coming soon. We'll, we'll do that one soon too. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have him on the podcast actually in the next episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, that'd be that'd be crazy. Um, yeah, I think like we were saying, I think the biggest thing for him was his game plan, and a lot of people take for granted uh, preparation and the power of it. Uh, you can train all day. You can eat what you need to eat and be prepared physically, but you need to know your opponent. You need to know the tactics to beat that person. Every every fighter is different, right? And, and it's actually it's the same thing in every sport. When you look at every sport, you're preparing for the other team. Um, systems, strategies, like every team's different. Every individual is different. You got to play them differently. And obviously – you know, if he didn't prepare for Conor McGregor, probably would have lost. Mm-hmm. You know, and preparation goes a long way, a long way. Right. No, like we said, he had a game plan and he executed it to a T. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And just to tie it into to tie it into our last story with Tom Brady, I think that's something. You know, it does. It's that championship mindset that the elite of the elite share like that is their ability, you know, like we said, their ability to prepare and their ability to just never quit. Tom Brady could have quit after his time with the Patriots, not quit, but retired. I mean, he won, he had what, six Super Bowls, 20 years in the NFL. He could have easily called it after the Patriots. Instead, now look at him. Now he's playing in his 10th Super Bowl, going for his yep. seventh championship, right? Like, yeah. And same thing, Dustin picks, picks himself back up and keeps on going. Like, it's just that, that, that desire to never quit. Yeah, it just comes from a, a deep passion. Passion. Sport. Yep. Deep, deep passion. Like, I mean, you see with a lot of guys, they'll have a ton of skill and they just fizzle out because they either don't love it enough. And you actually saw that with uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, I know we're, we're straying from the topic right now, but he was such a top prospect and he just kind of faded away. And then he was bouncing around from backup role to backup role. And then before you know, he lands another starting spot. It's like, it's just something about passion that it gives you that extra rep in the gym. Um, It gives you that extra hour of studying film. Like, I mean, you guys can, you guys know what I'm talking about. It's, it's just, uh, it's within every athlete. It just matters how much, how much is within each athlete. Um, Yeah. And to build off that, Joey, just one last thing. Um, I think obviously money can be a motivating factor and it can drive you. Yep. But if the passion isn't there, if money's the only reason you're doing something, then you're not ultimately going to be successful. If you don't love what you do, at the end of the day, when it's bare and when you're in a tough situation, that's not going to be enough to drive you. It's not. It can't just be the money. You have to really love what you do and, and fall in love with the process and believe in yourself. And that goes for anything. That's not just fighting. That's not just, you know, a traditional sport, but that can also be in business. That can also be being a family man or a family person. Yeah. Um, whatever, whatever it is in life, um, you, you can't just be doing it for the money or for external uh, factors. You have to fall in love with that process and you have to truly have a passion for it. Yeah. I mean, another, another perfect example of that is Gary Vaynerchuk. I've talked about him before because I've read all his books. Like he's just, he's unbelievable. He has millions of followers. And he started, he's an, he was an immigrant and he came over and he worked at his dad's liquor store 
that he started and he was like 16 years old working at a liquor store and he ended up being he's like one of the first guys who really entered the youtube world and he had the wine library tv and he just review wines and then he he loved it right he, he grew it to over a million dollar company and he realized he was driving to work one day and realized he was only 99 percent happy that's what he says he was mm. only 99 percent happy and he quit and he started vayner media and now he's like multi, multi, multi-millionaire, hundreds of millions of dollars. And his goal is to buy the Jets someday. And it's just like, Jeez. it just goes to show you that if you're not completely happy doing what you're doing, you got to change it. You got to change it. Especially you're only here for a limited amount of time and God only knows how long you're here for. So it's like, um, but, but you love to see people like Dustin um, make something like this happen for himself. You just mm. love to see it. And everybody loves an underdog story. And, and that's a perfect one uh, to talk about. It's just, it's great. It's great to see that. It gives people hope that, that they can accomplish their goals and dreams. So for sure. Yep. Yep. You guys get anything on this one? Anything left? No, I think that's all. No, it's pretty good. Maybe we, uh, we'll be back here in, in a year or two uh, talking about a Conor McGregor. Win. <laughs> <laughs> we'll or see. You'll yeah. see it soon. You'll see it soon. Yeah, come, you think? You think they're gonna fight soon? Oh yeah, he's gonna come back. April and May, we're gonna get we're gonna we're gonna rattle off some big ones. We're gonna go on, we're gonna go on a run here and we're gonna be lightweight champion by the end of 2021. I can guarantee you that. Oh boy. I can guarantee you that. Well, he did say he has to stay active. I mean, he said he took too long off and and that's what hurt him, and he's he's gotta stay active, so he'll be back. Right. Yeah. All right, boys. Good one today. And uh we're working on getting uh, another bodybuilder on. So We'll see when we can get that on, hopefully for episode 14. But uh, for now, if you guys are watching this on YouTube, please like and subscribe. It's going to help us out big time. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, wherever, um, please leave a review. Uh, for, for people who are going to see our podcast and they see the reviews from you guys, it's huge. So um, we really appreciate that. And thanks for listening. We will see you next episode. Thanks for listening and don't forget to give us a follow on social media at underdog underscore brand on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can visit us at www.theunderdogbrand.com. See you next episode. Used to pull up, not swerve, no time for the snakes, time to put them in the dirt, that's word. I gotta get it, it's in my DNA, you only see the highlights, don't know what it takes. Last year, stressing, got no sleep, now I'm right between the courts, out of nosebleeds. I see the hate, they don't wanna see me win.